sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. excited that you're here. I am so happy about this episode today. It's an interview. Haven't had an interview on the podcast in a while, so this is going to be really great. How's everyone been doing? I have been kind of tucked away in this cottage area up in the woods, just surrounded by nature, by so many lakes. It's been really beautiful. It's been really healing. It's been really amazing and I feel so much creative energy here. It's just been the best. I'm so grateful that I've been able to kind of be away from the city for a while. So on today's podcast episode, I have an interview with Sophia Forbes. She is a creative intuitive and she channels the cosmos for assistance and healing and to give you divine messages and she also creates healing artwork as well all part of her intuitive consciousness mission and we have a really incredible conversation we go into her whole journey her spiritual awakening her second spiritual awakening and all the things that led to her work right now as an intuitive how she developed it and the star beings that she connects to she even sees the star beings or the spirit guides that are were around me during the interview and she talks about them (laughs) um it's a really epic really cosmic cool conversation so i really hope you enjoy it and get to hear about all of her different offerings and uh so much soulful chats in this one so i hope you enjoy today's episode of the topanga moon podcast with sophia forbes amazing i love that we get to have this conversation right now and it's just so lovely to meet you so i'm here with sophia forbes uh is that how you say your name properly Okay, perfect. Beauty. I never know. I mean, when you meet people for the first time, no one can say my name right, and it's totally cool. Um, But I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like it was just so cosmically guided the way that, you know, we were introduced through a mutual friend in the online space. And immediately when I went to your page and saw all all of your offerings, I had this feeling of like, yes, 100%. I want to have you on the podcast. It was just like an automatic ping of, yeah, this is going to be a really beautiful, soulful conversation. So I just thank you so much for being here on the podcast and having this conversation. I know it's going to be really great. And from everything I've already learned about you, I'm just so excited. So excited too. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is my first podcast ever that I've been Ah! on. I love it. Okay, great. So um, I would love to, you know, have you kind of introduce yourself to the Topanga Moon community and talk about, I always like to start with kind of your upbringing, all of those little pivotal moments, if you can kind of summarize that led to your spiritual awakening, because that's so much of the, the work that you're doing now, the work that we do here on Topanga Moon. So I would love to hear that journey for you. Okay. So it's, a long story, clearly. Yeah, it's okay. We're here for it. <laughs> but I guess, where should I start? So I guess I'll start in 2012. So that is when I had my first, what we're calling spiritual awakening, or like a jolt of understanding of like alignment within myself, so to speak. So the events that happened before then were actually quite extreme. So the reason why I was explaining why I had more of 
like a the dark night of the soul type of experience Mm -hmm. is because my family was going through a lot of uh, dark things so we were going through poverty at the time wow um poverty to the point where we couldn't pay for food uh so we had to go to food banks we had to rely on food stamps which is like a program that america has that allows the poor to be able to get food but it's not exactly like high quality food it's it's the like minimum brand of food that you could get so it's not the greatest food that you could get yeah so we had to rely on that and we had to rely on churches um for food so this was our experience at the time so my mother was going through a really hard time with that especially being a single mom and then my Mm -hmm. father i mean he was around but he was more like an absentee father so he was like in and out of our life and then the only time he came around was just like to wreak havoc and make everything a mess. So, so that was what was happening at the time. So this pushed me to believe, you know, like, well, if there is a God, then what is happening Mm -hmm. to us? Like, why is this happening to us? Because my family, I was primarily Catholic. So we were into Catholicism at the time. And then we sort of shifted into like Christianity. So like these beliefs and then like, um, understanding that like God always has your back. God is always with you. Why would these things happen? So then I started asking questions as to why these things were happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, it wasn't until 2012 that I decided to step out of religion just because it wasn't specifically working for me, not because I didn't believe in like a higher power or any of that stuff. It just like the views that they had weren't really fitting what I was understanding at the time. So I stepped out of that and started to question more and started to ask myself questions more as to like, um, you know, what can I do to help my family and what like direction can I go that will make our lives better as a whole? So I guess that's where it sort of stemmed from. Amazing, beautiful. And that was kind of your initiation into more of this spiritual realm. And I can really relate because I grew up Catholic as well. So growing up with those religious beliefs and then, you know, going through your own kind of spiritual awakening or journey, realizing that there is more to that. And that, um, yeah, a lot of the, at least for me, same with you, um, not really feeling my place within the Catholic faith, but still having faith and kind of seeing where, what that, you know, what lies beyond that and what kind of represents that for myself and finding my own spiritual practices and my own way of relating to a higher power and all those beautiful things. So I would love to dive into what you describe as purging your ancestral beliefs, because I think that's a huge theme that we're seeing even in this, in this whole year of 2020. Um, And I'm finding a lot of conversations with friends of mine of like, you know, uh, the generational trauma or kind of purging the, you know, ancestral lineages, being the person in, in your lineage to kind of stop the cycles of trauma and pain. So I'd love to hear more about that process for you, what instigated it and kind of the things that you were able to do, the spiritual practices that you leaned into to help you go through that purging. Okay, great. I love this subject. It's like yeah. <laughs> That it relates to shadow work, which is really okay. on a spiritual journey. Yeah. So I guess it, that's exactly what you said, like um, tuning into like what sort of patterns that your family is perpetuating your journey, because a lot of people don't see how they are still perpetuating like these same old beliefs or um, limiting beliefs and systems and paradigms that their family has programmed within them and that they're giving to their, you know, children or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess it wasn't until I started really evaluating my mother and father's like paradigm with each other because uh, they were like sort of in and out of each other's lives. And the same thing started happening with me and like friends and um, I guess romantic relationships where like people will just like come in and then leave and then come in and then leave. And mm. I was like, what is going on? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah. it wasn't then, like I started to really work on that. And I started to understand that um, this is a pattern. And like a lot of other patterns within my ancestral lineage, like the poverty and like um, 
having to work constantly and not getting enough for your family, even though you're working extremely hard. So the, like all of these things are ingrained within my DNA and my family's DNA that had to be like shed. So uh, the, the things that I did was I had to sit with myself and talk to those aspects of myself, like those fragmentations within myself um, to really heal those parts because they're still playing out those same programs. So it had to, I guess, be confronted, be like, be, I don't know what the word is, like just be realized and mm. work through and um, given compassion so that like those parts of myself understand that um, maybe at the time what they were doing was like the right thing to do, but it's not necessarily working anymore. So yeah. I guess that just goes back into the whole shadow work thing. And that's yeah. basically what I did for years, like probably nine years, nine, 10 years. Wow. And I'm so happy that you brought up shadow work because there can be a side of, you know, the spiritual community that it does a spiritual bypassing that doesn't right. want to look at it. it can, you know, the love and the light, which is all still a part of it and a beautiful practice, but recognizing your shadow, looking at it, being courageous to like dive deep, I think is really the transformative work because when you can look at it, acknowledge it, accept it within yourself, you can move it through your body and you can start to untangle all of the, you know, ancestral wounds that we have ultimately inherited from our family lineages. And I think it's so beautiful that you were able to do that and really look. And for you, was it through meditation? Was it through a program? What are kind of the specific tools that you used to really go into that shadow work? So what I did was I kind of just, um, I used my own discernment. So I mm -hmm. kind of did my own research and I uh, followed a few people at the time. There was a woman named Polona who did a lot of um, I guess sharing of her personal story and information and how she got through her journey, which helped me. And then there's a woman called Teal Swan who did the completion process. Yes, so, I know of her. She's awesome. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I did, um, I, I just watched her videos. I didn't do any programs. I just watched and learned what she was saying about her story because her story is incredible. And then I just applied it to my life and I applied her, her processes for myself. And I kind of just did it, I guess, through the meditation process, but it could also just be in a way state, the completion process. So that's mostly what I did. That's amazing. I love that. And you also talk <laughs> about um, you had a second spiritual awakening and that was really instigated by the Oracle cards. And I know that Oracle cards has played a huge role role in your life in the Doreen virtue cards. I actually pulled us a card today <laughs> from the star child's tarot. And I want to read it to you because it was really good. So I pulled it for our podcast episode. It's the four of wands. I can show you. Um, and it's success. You have reached a period of stability after um, all of the hard work. This may also denote a time of uh, repose or recovery after certain challenges or hardships have finally passed. There is much to look forward to. So don't forget to give yourself permission to rest and rejoice with this outpouring of positive energy. It is also an ideal time to organize celebratory gatherings with family members, loved ones, an emergence of peace and happiness is on the horizon and you understand the process and payoff of working hard towards your goals. You are able to nurture your loving relationships with others and bring wisdom and abundance into the lives of the people around you. After everything you've been through, your priorities are crystal clear. How beautiful. I think it's I just that. so perfect for your whole story and your message of like going through the hardships and kind of coming out on the other side and still continuing on this journey, but that there is success on the horizon. There is you know, you're reaping the benefits of all the work that you've done, the shadow work and all that kind of stuff. But let's go back to Oracle cards. <laughs> okay. So wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I know I got, we got lost in all of our success and abundance that is coming our way, obviously. Um, so you had a second spiritual awakening, which is such a cool concept to talk about. And 
that was really instigated by your use of oracle cards or discovering the oracle cards and the archangels and Dorian virtue cards. So I would love to hear about kind of that journey in that time period. What really like drew you to the oracle cards? What were like the messages? What was it about them that really helped you with this second spiritual awakening? Okay, so my second awakening, um, I think I was like 18 or 19. So this was in 2015 and I had, it was like another jolt basically within myself. So I had a really bad falling out with another person. Um, he was like one of my best friends and I had a super bad fallout with him. So that pretty much like shattered my self-esteem and my image of myself. So pretty much like an ego death, I guess. Yeah. And that also propelled me to understand, um, I guess, how to love myself. So mm -hmm. I started guiding myself towards like, well, how do you love yourself? Because I don't know how to do that. I've, I've never been taught how to love myself. And so I was like yeah. taking baby steps and that sort of led me to Oracle cards. It was sort of like a nudge from my guides. Mm, I didn't yep. really know who my guides were at the time or like speaking to them like religiously or anything like that. It was just like Oracle cards. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so You're like, cool, I'll take that cl clue. <laughs> yeah. So then I just sort of did um, like some research on what I would want to use because I, again, wanted to use my discernment as to like what card would, what card deck would be best for me to use instead of just picking any random one. And I came upon Adoring Virtue and her videos and her videos were wonderful at the time uh, when she was still making them. And I just like, I guess she was talking about the archangels. And then I was like, oh, I love the archangels because I remember learning about them and, uh, and their teachings and all of that. So I got the Archangel Oracle deck and it basically became like my best friend at the time since I was Love pretty much that. a loner. I didn't really have other friends. And I, I guess I just, I basically just hung out with them any day that I could. Mm -hmm. I would go to the park and I would bring them with me and I would just hang out with them with nature and do some readings, even though it wasn't like the most accurate readings ever. I was just able to pick up like what she had written in the books and apply it to my to my uh, like current situation. So that's basically how I got into oracle decks and oracle card readings and tarot readings and stuff. But it wasn't necessarily something that I would ever think that I would like carry into like profession or anything that I would want to do for other people. So yeah. I just kind of to myself, and that's that's basically what happened at the time. Yeah. I love that. I love how you describe them as like your friends, like you just would bring them around. And I think that's such a like beautiful um, thing to share, you know, people, especially at this time, feeling a little bit more isolated, maybe um, can't be with their friends in a physical way, you know, from this whole year of knowing that we have our spirit friends, like we have this other side and it can be channeled through the cards or whatever kind of magical tools you want to use and can bring a sense of peace or, or comfort or guidance for you. And I think that's so amazing that you intuitively were led to that. And then eventually that did lead to your own readings, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so I started doing more and more readings for myself. So I started collecting more mm -hmm. card decks that I personally resonated with. And I really wanted to learn how to do readings properly. And I didn't understand why, because I didn't exactly have like um, the idea of going to do readings for other people. But I would practice on myself and I practice on my mother as well every now and again. And she was nice. like astonished. Like she was, she was like getting all these messages that she never got before. So that was nice. <laughs> so we would just, we, we shared um, a bedroom because we were in a really small, just like little apartment. So we only had one bedroom and we shared it. So we both had our own little beds and then she would come sit on my bed and then we would do little readings for each other. So I love that's that. I, that's how I practiced. And it wasn't until late 2016 when I started working at uh, the Golden Nugget, which is just a casino over in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And um, I worked there with my best friend and she went around telling people 
oh, Sophia's like amazing at tarot readings. And I don't know why she did that. But And you're at a casino. So <laughs> people are going to want the readings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's where people want to like, you know, tap into chance and all the, yeah, I think it's yeah. so perfect. <laughs> I think I only did like one or two readings for her and then they ended up being really accurate for her and her situation. Um, and then she just went and told like all of our coworkers that I was like so good at readings and that I should, I should go ask, like, you should go ask her for a reading. Like she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and then I just had like pretty much all of my coworkers coming to me for readings in the middle of the day at work, just asking me for a reading. So then I would just pull them aside well literally the store is like packed with people because we work for um clothing shops in the casino yeah and um, I would just do readings for them and they would be crying because it was so accurate they're like oh my god thank you so much and at one point um even my managers were calling me down like they would call me on the phone and say hey you need to come down to the office wouldn't tell me why I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay, I'll be there now. And I would go down there and they'd be like, oh no, we just want a reading from you. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so that would happen a lot. <laughs> and that's how I started practicing on other people, how yeah. to do for other people and discerning like what, what I should say rather than um, like it, in a way that makes sense. Because a lot of times if I'm getting information from like somebody else's spirit guides, they'll say it in ways that don't really make sense or they're like very mm. vague. So I had to learn how to make it work, like make it apply to like what they're asking or like how it applies to their life. And they're not like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it took a lot of practice, but eventually I got there. <laughs> yeah. So how would you hear the information? Would it be just kind of like, something came through and you're like, oh, I, you know, you hear a word or is it just like an information kind of idea that then you can describe to people? So back then I wasn't exactly sure how I was getting the information. Mm -hmm. It was just sort of like thought, like, um, you know, how you're just thinking to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something that would like come out as thought and I would have to say it because that's what was coming up. And um, miraculously, it like just applied to what they needed to hear. So it wasn't until later that I understood that I was actually channeling um, their spirit guides. And um, I think it wasn't until probably, I think early this year, when I I was fully able to understand that I'm channeling people's spirit guides and that I could see them as well if I just like sit down and open my third eye and connect to the spirit guys energy so I could fully see wow. like their energy body or their their like the way that they appear. And um that way it's like basically like they're sitting next to me and giving me all this information about the person that they need to hear. So they won't give me like information about like whatever like Joe Schmo, he needs to walk down the street tomorrow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um information that applies to what they're asking or what they need to know in the time being. So that's, that's basically how it works. Wow. I got goosebumps when you were talking about that. That's so amazing. And it was just like building that trust muscle for you and getting to the point where you could, you know, discern them and and kind of channel, as you said, Um, was there any kind of wild stories that stuck with you from any of the readings that you were like, wow, okay, that was really cool. One from one of my $1 readings, um, a woman, she had an entire Native American tribe as her spirit guides, an entire Native American tribe. And they were all standing around me. (laughs) And there were a Native American tribe from California. And it's funny because she lives in California. And then when she received the reading, she told me, she was like, that's really creepy because I'm Native American. So it like, it really aligns. Yeah. She said that she's like a Native American. And then also, I think she said a Mexican or Dominican, but either way, it, it, it essentially applied to her. And I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. I love that. And that brings me to the $1 readings. Okay. We need to talk about this because as soon as you shared that with me, I was like, 
what, what is this? What, like, what was the evolution? What sparked the idea for the $1 readings? I know people listening are going to be like, how do I get this $1 reading? But I know you don't offer them anymore. <laughs> so, so it was actually the beginning of when COVID came around, mm-hmm. a lot of people were having issues uh, being secluded. So a lot of issues that they were not facing were coming up. Yeah. So like traumas, anxiety, depression, um, everything, everything was coming up. And it was, I, I noticed that it was like becoming a burden for people because we were like stuck in lockdown for a long time. <laughs> so I decided to offer $1 readings to help people cope with the trauma that was coming up um, and then give them advice and a direction and clarity as to what direction they need to go into next, um, especially with the trauma that they need to heal. So that's why I came up with the $1 readings. And I knew that a lot of people couldn't afford like, you know, a $50, $100 reading because yeah. everybody was out of work. So that's why I decided, you know, $1 would be fine. Even though I wanted to do it free, <laughs> Etsy wouldn't let me do it for free. They were like, no, you can't. So I just put it, I just put it as a dollar. Wow. And they were very popular. Yeah, they sold yeah. out, I think, in like a month, maybe wow. less. Wow. I had, I believe I had 30 slots filled and I only did 30 slots because I think that's all that I could have handled at the time. Yeah. And they sold out like extremely fast. It was crazy. That's amazing. And it's just so powerful that you're able to use your gifts in such a critical time where people do need that connection, that guidance. And you were, it, I love this because it just really feels like you're here for service, you know, and you understand now the energetics of abundance in our abundant universe and knowing that it's always going to flow to you, but you're here for service first above right. the monetary gain. And I think that is such a magnetic place to be. It's such a beautiful thing that you're doing. So I'm just so, I was just like floored by that. I was like, this is amazing because people, you know what I mean? Like there's so much emphasis on, I feel like the money energetics right now, especially in the spiritual space, which I think is beautiful. And I think that we do need, especially as women to be empowered, to be abundant, to be able to like do really incredible things in the world, but at the same time, show up first and foremost in service. And then that's always going to bring the abundance in ways that you may not even realize. So I think that's so cool that you did that. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about your other Etsy business, or maybe it was the same business, Oddly Enlightening. Right. Or Oddly Enlightening or Oddly Enlightenment. Uh, I think I called it Oddly Enlightening at the time. Okay, cool, cool. So how did this begin? Um, Talk about the journey of this Etsy business. And then I know it transformed later, but I want to hear a little bit about this because I think it's a really cool message. Okay, so this also happened in 2016. Um, In 2016, I decided that I wanted to, uh, I guess, be of service to people, but I like doing crafts and um, creating stuff. So I was creating Mm -hmm. like handmade, hand poured candles and then also handmade incense and hand dipped incense. So I was selling those and then also selling like herbal bags that I blessed and all of that stuff at the time. But um, I also created all of these uh, like little labels and packaging and all of everything, the whole nine. And I didn't get to follow through with it because I was super busy with college. So uh, college sort of got in the way and then working full time got in the way and I wasn't able to keep up with that. But I knew that it was something that I still wanted to do, especially considering that um, like, I guess even if it's like herbs, herbal infused energy that's like infused in herbs, it's still Mm -hmm. beneficial to other people. Because if you put it, if you put your herbs like in a bath and it's like um, energy infused with like calm and peace and stuff like that, it'll seep into your body. It'll help. So it was something that I wanted to continue, but I just didn't know how to. And that's how um, it progressed into what we have now today, which is the Black Fox Emporium. But that's basically how it started was just me wanting to be of service to other people in a way that wasn't what I was doing as like a full-time job, which was just retail 
And to me, that's not really like for me specifically, it's not feeding mm -hmm. my soul. It's not beneficial to me, especially because I was working for like big corporate companies that don't really care about the people that are working for them. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't like fueling me. It wasn't yeah. feeding my soul at all. So that's, that's how it started. Yeah. And in a way it's like working for those bigger companies um, you wanted to channel into being a maker, into a creator. And there's so much more, there's like a special alchemy when it comes to actually, you know, purchasing from an actual, you know, person, a creative, that energy exchange. Um, it's undeniable all the, every single time I, I purchase from, you know, a handmade artisan, it's just so much more special, so much more amazing. And, I love that there is this resurgence of that um, because it's so needed at this time, you know, we're kind of like, we're going back to like what really matters back to the earth, back to simple living, back to using what we only need and having, because it just makes a more enriching life. And I think you were tapping into that in that moment, but you also were saying how it didn't really work out the way that you expected. Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Do you want to talk uh, about that a little bit? Yeah. 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 Talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I totally wanted to just have my own business and like be done with it. I didn't want to work for these big companies anymore because they were like mistreating uh, not only me, but also like uh, my other coworkers. They were underpaying us, they were overworking us. It was just, you know, just the regular working for corporate jobs, whatever. But, um, yeah, I totally just wanted to get out of that and just work for myself, serving the way that I wanted to, but it took so long to get to that point. And it was just like, um, okay, you stepped forward once and then you kind of succeeded and then you go back like 10 more steps, sorry. So that's what kept happening. And um, the same thing continued to happen when I created like the Oracle deck uh, yeah. that I created, which I can talk about later if you want. Um, and then also with the business that we have now, but that's basically, I mean, that's just, it's just what's going to happen. It's just life. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you're not always going to succeed. You have yeah. to go through trials and tribulations, especially if what you're creating wasn't exactly refined the way that it should have been in the beginning. And that's mm -hmm. fine. But going through those trials and tribulations allows you to refine it the way that you want to have it and to have that like final result. Um, that comes out to be like a lot more beautiful than it was when you began. So, yeah, I love that you share that about the journey because I think right now we're seeing so many like glossy, perfect um, spiritual brands that kind of like come out the gate almost, right. it's almost like so polished and so beautiful and which is amazing, but um, we're not seeing the truth, the rawness, the realness of the journey. And it's always going to be an ebb and flow. I mean, sometimes it's divine timing. It's like, oh, maybe certain, like you can be at it for many years and then, and then it kind of hits when it's just the perfect timing for that. Or it's like you needed to evolve that business into something else and it can keep growing and building and moving. And that's why it's so incredible when we can get into that flow state and just be present in our body and really like focus in on the moment and to create from that space instead of creating from the, uh, the future accolades or like the end goal, which it's right. so hard because we always want to think in those terms, but when we're really creating from our present moment, um, that's where we can tap into that quantum field. That's when we can tap into um, all of our gifts and me make it be from service and not have to rely on the validation of like this, you know, crazy success. So it transformed into the black box emporium, which is what you currently have. And what do you offer at the black box emporium? So we mostly just offer handcrafted and hand created things. Um, so I sell my energetic frequency artwork, mm. which is, um, I guess enhanced is the best word that I could use with um, frequencies that are meant to help people like heal people or just help them like assist them in their journey. So I have one called empower that allows you to tap into self-confidence and self-worth. Um, mm -hmm. Some people are feeling like um, lack of self-esteem, lack of self-worth. Having that in your space allows you to align with the energy of empowerment 
and self-worth and self-confidence so that you can then apply it to your life the way that it needs to be applied and in the areas that it needs to be applied. So I have, I have those that I create that are on there. Um, and then I, I have like two other people that own the shop with me. So I created it with Rachel, who is my best friend. And then later that. on in our journey, we met a woman named Terry, who is now our co-owner of the Black Fox Emporium. So we all create our own things. So Rachel creates uh, woodworking, like wood carvings. So she um, just like, she, she does wood carvings and then she like charges it with positive energy. And then um, Terry is a master Reiki or Reiki master. And she also just likes to create like fairy themed stuff. So she loves, she loves moths. So she'll create like um, moss earrings. She'll create like little mushroom earrings. She, she just loves anything having to do with fairies. And then she'll charge everything that she makes with like Reiki energy. So yeah. um, it could be like peace. It could be love. It could be enlightenment. It could be anything really that has to do with helping and healing the body or just like healing and helping you on your spiritual journey. So those are the things that we mostly create and then sell. And then we also sell crystals as well because they're also very helpful on your journey too as yeah. little companions. So those are the stuff Beautiful. that we sell. <laughs> Beautiful. And you have those handmade offerings, but then you also still offer intuitive readings. Yes. So I no longer have them on the Etsy page. I actually branched it off to um, a website that I created called the blackfoxintuitive.com. Mm. And that has where I have um, the offerings for intuitive readings and connecting to your spirit guides. Um, but it's still connected to the Black Fox Emporium. It's just like a little branch. Amazing. And I would love to hear more about kind of what those sessions entail, your own unique process in the intuitive readings. Um, kind of the guides that you're connecting with at the moment, kind of this, you know, if you have any specific messages that are coming through, maybe in this current time in the collective, anything that's really exciting you with the intuitive process right now? Okay. So the readings, um, you can ask up to three questions, I believe, for the live reading that I offer. And then for the channel uh, writing reading, you can ask a question. Um, it can be very like vague or it can be um, like spot on as to what you need to know at the time. And what happens is I explained a little earlier is that I'll sit down and I'll make sure that there's like a golden field around me that is mm. protecting the reading. And then I'll ask for the person's spirit guides to step forth and assist me in the reading and the information that they need to know at the time. So the way that I keep out like my, my own personal beliefs is I'll say like no filters of my own other than obviously language and what I can understand. Wow. And I always ask them for 100% truth, 100% accuracy and 100% source loving consciousness energy to flow through the reading. Um, so that, that is just permeated without within the reading and nothing else can get in, nothing else can get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's pretty much how the readings go. I'll mostly use Oracle cards because I feel like they paint more of a picture rather than the tarot cards, which are a lot more direct and kind of have their own meetings on their own. So I mostly use the Oracle cards for that reason, because they have like a bunch of like different pictures and stuff like that, that help paint the picture for the person that I'm doing the reading for. Amazing. So that's how the reading goes. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> so funny. My, <laughs> I was getting these text messages from my sister as you were describing that. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to turn them off. Oh, <laughs> okay. But I feel like they were like a positive affirmation coming through for everything that you were describing. So <laughs> I'm just welcoming them, you know? Um, I love that. I love that you have such a, like a unique process. And especially when you described creating this kind of golden like aura around you, I do a lot of ritual work and it's like, first and foremost, I always bring in white light protection because you want to make sure that it's like coming directly from your guides. Um, and for me, I feel like a lot of my guides are 
ancestors who have passed on. You know what I mean? I think that's a lot of our guidance system that comes through. In there, um, recently I was connecting with my grandmother this summer, who I've never met before, but I was named after her. And um, yeah, and uh, so she's my my father's mother, and she died when he was young. And I just hear so many similarities about her. And there was, there's always been this kind of like knowing that she is part of my guidance system. So I've been doing a lot of prayers and ritual work with her. Um, and it's been very transformative. So it's just so cool to like start to like understand who your guidance team is. And sometimes they can change, I know. But yeah, it's amazing. It's beautiful work. Wonderful. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I um, most, I most, I guess I, I don't know. My team is massive, like yeah, interchanging in and out. I have um, a few Andromedans that I work with. Mm. There's um, Orions. There's, I don't know. There's, there's a lot. <laughs> there's. So I was many. gonna ask if you have any um, alien guidance teams. Yeah, I have a lot. Ones. Okay, cool, cool. I really relate to the Mintakins. Have you heard of them? Yes. Okay, yes, cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter as well, so I've been doing a lot of sci-fi scripts based off of uh, kind of like the alien world, so. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, it's really exciting. So I've been, I've worked with some um, spiritual teachers before who have been talking about these Mintakins that wanted to work with me specifically within my writing. And the Mintakins, they're like, you know, from the water, from the aqua blue waters and like just such a cool like community of people. So I was like, this is amazing. This is really cool. They have such an amazing loving energy. They're, they're really incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you also love mermaids? <laughs> mermaids yeah they're like connected to mermaid mermaid energy oh my gosh I mean that makes so much sense like I my background is Croatian so my whole family um is from Croatia which is all on the coast which is very like blue waters like very connected to that kind of like aquatic so I've always been felt like connected to the waters connected to the ocean um just really into that world so yes i'll take it the mermaids are there some mermaids around me like what's happening right now yeah hold on hold on okay okay (laughs) this is fun you do have your guides around you but i don't see any mermaids okay 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 (laughs) i mean it's a beautiful day out so maybe they're out in the water they're swimming (laughs) I did before this, when I was pulling the card, ask for my guides to come in and protect and kind of bless this space. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they're definitely there. They're all standing like right behind you. Really? Yeah, like right. There's three, three or four of them. So Crazy. there's one to your right and then one directly behind you and then one to your left and then another <gasps> one on the left. <laughs> what do they look like? Hold on one second. Okay. Okay, so I see one one is Pleiadian that she was telling me, so it's feminine energy. And I believe it's on your right side. Is that your right side? <laughs> this is my this is my right. Well, I guess it's on the camera would be here. Yeah, so she's right there. Okay. And then to your left, it looks like a smaller little person. So they could be Faye. <laughs> and then there's a taller uh, male energy. So it's a masculine energy. And the one directly behind you doesn't have like a physical body. It's just energy. So it's just wow. like a big field. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's <laughs> so cool. It's so cool. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but okay. this is amazing. I love this. People are going to be like, yes, <laughs> they're going to be so into this. Um, cool Pleiadians. I love that there's this galactic connection. I mean, I'm sure all my guts are great, but. Um, I've been feeling, I mean, you can't, you know, I'm not going to play favorites, but 
I've been really feeling the kind of cosmic galactic energy, especially with all the writing that I'm doing. So that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, they've really been tuning into us a lot more. Um, yeah. 2020, it, I mean, it's been a very intense year. And towards the end of this year, especially in December of this year, you're definitely going to feel them more because they're coming closer and closer into our field because we need their guidance and we need their support as of right now more than we've ever needed them before. Wow. I heard that there is this big cosmic event happening in December. Mm -hmm. Have you, um, have they told you anything about kind of what's going to be happening or is it just this energetic shift mostly that the, they're going to be coming in and supporting us? I mostly just got that there, well, one, there is going to be an energetic shift, but one that is going to um, jolt people, jolt more people awake. So mm-hmm. we're going to have more awakened people than we did prior. So it's going to be like, I guess it was like a few months ago when Berlin suddenly like had millions and millions of people that shot awake. And then they started protesting uh, because of COVID-19. They were like, we're not, we're not going to wow. do this. Anymore. Yeah. So maybe the same thing in December. It's not going to be exactly the most pretty sight, but it's definitely needed. Yeah. It's definitely needed. There's going to be a huge transformational shift. I've been feeling that all year and I feel like people are also feeling that. And it's just good to have that awareness. And then I also really tap into the idea that um, we are co-creators of our universe, you know, we can create a reality in our thoughts and like, you know, tapping into certain guidance systems. So holding on to that. And I think that gives a lot of hope because we can be um, like really bringing this beautiful energy to the planet, which is needed right now. And I feel like this is uh, an amazing time because we're in this time where things are shifting and we're going to evolve to this higher consciousness. So it is a beautiful time, but we have to kind of see all the darkness in order to move it like the shadow work, right? Yeah. It's basically all of what was is now crumbling. Yeah. So everything that we have been structured on that's no longer serving us is basically falling apart and that's what we're witnessing. So we are still like held in this process by the galactic beings or um, the aliens or whatever you want to call them, we're still being held and guided and we're still being held and guided by mother earth as well. But it's just, we're seeing all of these programs that never served us in the first place falling. (laughs) And then from just build what is actually needed for the human humanity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To take care of our planet, to connect with mother earth and really be stewards of the planet and be kind to each other, you know? (laughs) I love that. Um, are you ever planning on, I know you had an Oracle deck that you created, but where you're at right now in your evolution, would you ever go back to that creation to creating something else in the, in that way? Because you do have that connection to the Oracle cards. Right now, I don't necessarily feel a connection to create another Oracle card. Yeah. Actually feel more connected, uh, to revamping the oracle card that I created before, Amazing. or the deck that I created before, um, which was um, called to- Totem Oracle. And what I did was I connected to the various different spirit animals or spirit totems that I had on my journey so far mm-hmm. um, that I connected with and that I learned from. And then I just connected to their energy and their org field, and I painted through like digital illustration like what their org field would mostly look like because a lot of the times the colors are like totally different, <laughs> but I, wow. I picked like colors that best represented each, each um, animal's energetic frequency. So I used that as the photos and then I just channeled what their message would be um, for me specifically, but could also apply to other people and their stories and their journey as well. So that's how I did that, but I might just revamp it and kind of like re re put it out in the future. Yeah, I think you should. I really think you should. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should definitely do it. Um, amazing. Um, and also, where did you grow up? So I actually grew up between Florida and New Jersey. So we okay, moved cool. back and forth. Um, I had like a uh, first half of my life from like 
I guess three to 11, I lived in Florida. And then we moved to New Jersey when I was like almost 12. And then I lived there since I was like 20, 22, I think. And then now I'm in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Pennsylvania. I've only driven through, but there's some really beautiful parts there. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Some cool (laughs) forest places. Um, But I would love to talk about, you just came back from the Rocky Mountains. Where did you go in the Rockies? Tell me about that experience. Anything enlightening kind of coming through to you? I think travel is such an incredible way for me to connect to spirit. So I always love to talk about travel here on the podcast. Yay. Okay. So the before we even went, we were kind of like, should we even go? Because there were a lot of fires happening. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I asked my guides and they told me that I had to go and I had to be there. And I didn't understand why. But we actually traveled. We didn't really get to hang out too much in like Rocky Mountain parks because of that reason. So we traveled down south to, um, I think it's a city or a town called Durango. And we got to go to what's called Mesa Verde National Park. And over there, they have these mesas created by the Pueblo Native Americans. They're literally built into like the rock structures, like the caverns and all of that. It's absolutely incredible. And what I picked up there was um, Native Americans telling me that they are coming back. So they're like their um, energy and what is needed from them is coming back into Mm. America, which is really important because it's been shunned and ignored for how many years? Like three, 300 years. Yep. So I had um, some of them coming up to me and telling me that that's important for people to know now is uh, Native American history, Native American heritage, and um, everything that the natives have taught and have to continue to teach. So that is what I picked up there. (laughs) That is so beautiful. And I feel such a sense of peace and calm when you speak on that. Um, I... Last year, I went to, I I did this whole like Southwestern road trip and I was in New Mexico and there is a community of Pueblos there um, near Taos. And I just have always felt so strongly and connected to New Mexico and just the energy there and just the beautiful, like just really connecting to the the stories and the heritage there. And one of my scripts is based in New Mexico because there's this like kind of alien connection with New Mexico. And then there's also this like really beautiful history of, you know, near Native American tradition and all that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. So I, it, does, though. it feels, it feels almost otherworldly when you yeah. get there. It doesn't feel like it's real, like at all. Cause it's yeah. so beautiful and the energy is so absolutely different to anywhere else in the world, like anywhere. Yeah. Connect, being able to connect to that is such a special thing and being aware that you're connecting to that energy is even more special, Mm -hmm. especially since you get like those, like that energetic frequency, like going into you and that understanding of, oh, like this is really happening. Like I really am connecting to these beings. I really am connecting to this energy and this is important for me, but not only me, but everybody else as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah. I always think of them as like, you know, land stewards or protectors of Mother Earth and really connected to nature and the preservation of nature and amplifying that voice and like all the stories and how much they care about the land. And I love that you receive that message of, you know, the history resurfacing and just like having more reverence for that community, um, which is so needed and such a beautiful thing for you to pick up on, which is amazing. (laughs) absolutely yeah are you feeling called to travel anywhere else right now or in the near future Um, anything else calling to you well I actually feel like I just want to go back to Colorado (laughs) to be honest I love it there I Colorado is really beautiful yeah I I don't know I have such a special connection to the Rocky Mountains and it may be because of my ancestral lineage because I'm connected to uh the Blackfeet or the Blackfoot Confederacy so that's the Native American uh, Confederacy. But um, they used to live in the Rocky Mountains, so that might be why I'm so connected to the Rocky Mountains and why I feel like it's cool to go there. But that's really the only place that I want to be. 
so beautiful. I also drove through Colorado and there was this one place we went. It was just because Taos in New Mexico in the north is so close to the border of Colorado and we drove through. Um, there's this place, I forget what it was called, but there was these hot springs that me and my friend went to and it was kind of like this hidden hot springs and it was the most beautiful place with like, you know, mountains all around and just like, oh my God, there was um, fireflies everywhere lighting the path. It was so magical. I was like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm on this planet. I feel (laughs) like I'm somewhere else. It's such a beautiful place. It's incredible. It's crazy how like it makes you feel like you're really not on earth, but you are, but it's so awesome. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. So yeah, totally with you on Colorado. And that's so great. Um, So before I go into kind of like my rapid fire questions, which you don't know of yet, um, is there anything else you wanted to share with the Topanga Moon community? Anything that you're currently excited that you're working on? Um, Anything that we didn't talk about that you're like, oh, I would love to share this message? Um. Yeah, I guess so. So right now I'm in the process of creating a little ebook mm. that will basically uh, assist others how to connect to crystals, like crystal consciousnesses. Ooh. Um, they have, yeah, <laughs> they have like their own little way of like navigating the earth plane and stuff like that. So yeah. <laughs> I'm writing about how to communicate with them. So I'm basically going to like just channel the crystals that I have in my own house because I have tons of them. Yeah. Ask them questions like, uh, how can others communicate with them besides just me? Because I have like my own little way of communicating with them. Yeah. And then how they can like connect to like the crystals in a different way other than just like using them for meditation and stuff like that. So crystals are really interesting because they're they're very loud. They're really loud. They're talkative beings. Like you wouldn't think that because they're a mineral, but they're actually really loud. Like if they don't like a spot in your house, they will bug you all day, all night, every day. Yeah. With them. <laughs> because you're like the one that can move. Like you have, you have mobility. So you could pick them up and move them anywhere that mm-hmm. they use. Otherwise, um, they'll kind of just like manifest themselves into a different location and you probably won't find them for weeks. And I've had that happen. I've heard that like happen to a lot of people because <laughs> Because their crystals are probably like, well, if you're not going to move me, I'll move myself. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's just- so true. <laughs> I have this citrine, big citrine crystal that I, I'm in love with. It's so beautiful. And I feel like there's so many times I, I lose it. I'm like, where is the citrine crystal? Like, I can't find it anywhere. And I like go through my bags and like, I'm like, I know I just had it the other day. Like, where is it? And then I'll find it. And it totally likes to be in certain places. You're yeah. so right. Yeah. They like to jump and move. And um, even if you're, even if their energy is no longer serving you or it's done like working with you it'll just disappear like that and somebody else will find it because they're needed to use it so they they love to move they love to move all over the place yeah it's so true I have uh, some crystal bracelets I don't know if you can see here that I wear all the time and these ones love to be on my wrist so I have um it's funny I have a rose quartz one here and at the time when I was buying it I didn't I wanted the citrine I was like but they were all out at this like vendor and I was like okay I guess I'll get the rose quartz and it was almost <laughs> like something that I guess I needed you know and then amazonite is probably my favorite crystal like this blue color one that one's so beautiful and it makes me think of them in takins it does, yeah. Yeah, because of the color. Yeah, it has like a very aquatic. Yeah. I think it actually does connect to it, um, water energy. Oh, yeah. Now that I think about it, I think it does. I'll have to do more research on that yeah. one. Yeah. It's, it's really pretty. I usually forget what it's called, but today I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Some of them are like really hard to say. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite crystal? Oh, I love uh, Labradorite or Labradorite. That's oh, one. yeah. Yeah, and so also beautiful. Really like, um, what is it called? Celestite? Those yeah. two are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. So does Celestite connect you kind of to the celestial realm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's mostly air energy. 
So it'll help you with communication as well as um, settling anxiety. And then it'll mm. also help connect to celestials. So it's usually like lower realm angelic beings um, and somewhat like the Fae, but it's more so like angelic beings. Okay. Um, they'll also help you get into tune with your higher self too. So it has like a really, it has a very like light, airy energy. It's so sweet and gentle. I just, I love it. (laughs) I love that. Okay. I'm so excited for your um, ebook to come out because that's so much fun. Also, we never talked about this. What is your uh, zodiac sign? My zodiac sign, I'm a Pisces sun and then I have a Leo moon and a Scorpio rising. Wow. You, that is, I feel like that combination, it makes so much sense that you are an intuitive and working in this realm with the Pisces and the Scorpio (laughs) and then the Leo of being like the leader in sharing, you know, that with the world. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Okay. So we're going to get into my little game called Cosmic Pings. So it's whatever kind of comes up first for you, whatever that inspiration, that ping that hits you. Um, And it doesn't have to be like a one word answer, but um, just quick, really fun, whatever comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. The first one, a place in the world that calls to your soul that you haven't been to yet. Um, I guess I would say Hawaii for that one. Ooh, I've been to Hawaii. Have you? I've never been. Oh, it is. Everything they say about it is so true, especially in Maui, which is considered, I think, the heart chakra. Um, Hawaii will either, it will embrace you or it won't. Like, it's just the energies will shake things up for you. Yeah. Wow. That's where a relationship of mine ended. Oh, so it like literally spit the person out? Yep. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was, a, it was a crazy, like the energetically I, I could feel what everybody was talking about. about. And maybe that was divine destiny anyways. Like you can never really tell. And I don't, and at the time I was like, but I love Hawaii. Like what, but you really have to be prepared to be there energetically because it holds so much energy. It's so sacred that like things will, and not, not in like a bad way, but like will shake things up in your world. Yeah. So I believe that's cool. Especially with it being the heart chakra. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your favorite incense. Oh God. <laughs> I think <laughs> cinnamon. I think cinnamon is my favorite. Oh, that's <laughs> perfect for this time of year. I love that. <laughs> yeah. uh, an Oracle card that represents you. Like any Oracle card, any Oracle card. There's one in my, in the, the one that I created that's just the fox, like it's just fox energy. And I feel like that one represents me because it's my spirit animal. <laughs> Love it. And black fox emporium. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So good. Intuition is. Intuition is tapping into your own energetic frequency and your own understanding of yourself, basically, and um, your own understanding. I guess it's understanding because that's what I keep saying, understanding. Understanding, yeah. Of you, like what fuels you and what uh, motivates you and what feels good to you. That's what I feel like is intuition. So beautiful. The universe <laughs> is. Yes. Oh, I, I thought you were telling me that. <laughs> the universe is intuition, but yes. Um, I would say the universe is us because we are also the universe. We're, we all come from that same energy. We, call, we all come from source. So we basically are the universe. So that's what I would say the universe is. Yes, I love that. And love is? Love is everything. It's in everything. Even if it doesn't seem like it is, it is. It is everything. That's what I would say. Beautiful. So beautiful. Sophia, um, this was so incredible. I've, this is an amazing conversation. I'm so excited for people to hear this episode and I just felt so calm and easeful and like 
there was this energetic exchange even through the Zoom call that I could feel kind of like the celestial, like what Celest Celestine? What was the crystal you were talking oh, about? Celestite. <laughs> like it you it felt like you were exuding that energy after you described it. I was like, this is how I've been feeling this whole interview. Aww. So that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love that you have that ability. Um, so where can people find you? How can they connect with you and potentially book a reading with you? Um, so my website is theblackboxemporium.com. Uh, well, actually, that's not my website. <laughs> I literally said it right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so the website is theblackboxemporium.store. So you can find our store at the black box emporium dot store. I know it's like long winded and then you can get a reading from me at blackboxintuitive.com. So it's a little confusing. So blackboxintuitive.com is where you can receive a reading from me if you feel guided to do so. And you can also find me on Instagram at Sophia. That's S O P H I A E as an egg and then Forbes. So Sophia E Forbes at Instagram. And then we also have the Black Fox Emporium on Instagram as well at the Black Fox Emporium. And that's so it. beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to link all of that into the show notes on the podcast. But okay. Thank you so much. This is such a beautiful conversation. This was awesome. <laughs> <laughs>